CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Hello and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag leadership. Today's topic is turning a manager into a leader. And our guest for today's show is Kevin Larson, who's the vice president and CIO with AAR Corp. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I am just doing fantastic. So uh, your business is going well? Yes, very busy. Everything is going excellent. Great. Now, the concept for today's show is a simple one, but it's often something that many overlook. What's the difference between a leader and a manager? And there's definitely one where we are excited to see the views shared on this subject and how this insight on these semantics might turn us into better leaders and, in fact, allow us to turn other managers into a leader. So, Kevin, Many would say that the leadership and management are interchangeable terms. So if you could possibly take a a, a stab at defining both of those, and what is the common confusion that lies? Okay. I would start with the leader again with IT in mind. Um, The leader needs to get connected with the business, really understand the customer value, uh, working with partners in some cases, uh, the teamwork, and, and kind of the evolution is to really focus where we can generate some revenues. So the leader is looking at how you can bring revenues into the company. And the manager is a little bit more uh, consistent with what's going on with the various systems, uh, the operations, uh, the quality of the department, uh, and, uh, you know, effective collaboration with their counterparts at the, at the manager level at the team and also at the business level, getting connected at uh, the various layers. But back to the leader, I would say it's, it's evolving into uh, really a significant business focus and where we can drive revenues for corporations. No, so, so you mentioned mostly about what a leader can do. Do you think managers are more cog in the wheel or is that how we should define them or we can elevate the, the value that a manager brings? I think a manager brings tremendous value, and I think a manager is a leader in their own right at the at the project level, at the task level, at the uh, customer service level. So there's there's very there's a quite a few leadership skills that uh, go into a manager, and sometimes the only reason uh, that manager is not called a, a true leader yet is there is where they're at in their career. And the evolution is going to happen. It's going to evolve eventually. But I think there's a lot of leadership skills uh, within the manager. And I think it's up to the leader to get connected with the managers and put different goals and objectives out there so that manager is going to be a great leader right down the road. So let's take the IT context. We know that in many cases we uh, would have somebody start at the very 
you know, operational level, maybe a programmer or DB or somebody in network, and they would pay their dues. Uh, and over a period of time, we'll say, okay, this person needs to be promoted. And so that the person can imp- create a bigger impact or create more value for the organization. So we would end up giving them a promotion and they are given a team lead status or maybe eventually have a manager status. Do you think just by a person's doing the same thing that they learned in the past and getting more experience automatically uh, makes them, uh, you can say, eligible for being becoming a manager? And while you're thinking all along of, of giving them that promotion and taking them to the next level, is your eye at making all of these people a leader eventually? Is that how the, the corporate mindset or an organizational mindset or leadership works? I don't think it's a canned solution where every uh, technical person is going to always flow and become a manager and every manager is going to become a leader. I think it, it kind of depends on the person and it depends on their personality, how maybe outgoing they are, how, you know, if they're a people person or whatever. I think that depends a little bit. But um, eventually the managers, the ones that are going to grow into leaders are probably going to be the ones that get really connected and understand the, the functions of the business, understand the business process, what's driving it, what's driving our our customer requirements, things like that. So you mentioned about starting from a developer to a DBA, say, um, well, that person, as far as going into be a technology manager, that could be uh, consistent with the role they were doing. But if they want to get more to a business analyst or more of a development manager, again, like I said, they're going to have to know uh, what the business functions are in the business process and how to deliver uh, the proper service level for any of their projects. So if you are going to look at these people and you all you can in your in your definition or in your explanation of what a manager does you you introduce the word leadership traits etc so what is the, what, how how do we look at those or what are those specific leadership traits which when an individual starts demonstrating is when you feel this person is worthy of becoming a manager um i would say it it starts you know basically with the dedication with a, a focus on customer service. I think it also includes a, a portion of personal development. Um, I don't think you can get all of the uh, leadership skills with education uh, alone. I think you need to get exposure at different layer, different levels of the organization, uh, even different uh, networking in the community, networking at conferences, things like that. But you just have to continue to grow and have uh, objectives for yourself that you're going to get out of your office and get out in the field and understand what's going on out there. If you were to go out and um, try to identify, and, and you mentioned that you know you will take a few people and others you will not. If you were to specifically say, I'm going to be looking at my team and I'll identify the next generation of uh, managers, and then out of those managers, I would like to identify uh, the next generation of leaders who I'm going to invest in. In both respective areas, how would you go about it? So let's start with you've got a team of uh, folks who are doing things, so who are doers primarily, and uh, you're trying to identify managers. What is your approach to that? I would say the the doers that work within their uh, subgroup or their teams and they demonstrate some uh, leadership skills 
as far as taking responsibility, the, quote, the project manager, maybe somebody that's going to uh, take responsibility to escalate if there's good news or bad news or whatever, that person that's going to be the kind of conduit between, I'll call it the technical or the development group, and the uh, the more the, the managerial or the leaders rolling that information up, taking responsibility, providing good uh, communication and feedback, and uh, just dedication and effort is a big part of it as well. And then once you see somebody that has that dedication and effort, as a leader, if you can put them in positions where they get more exposure, where they can get uh, recognition for some of the great work that they're doing for the company, and then they get a chance to uh, get the spotlight a little bit, and you want to be able to shine that spotlight on these uh, evolving managers and, and let them get uh, kind of their day in the sun, I would say. And once you're done there and uh, you, you say, okay, I'm going to be identifying. So that was more of an identification process. Yeah. So the goal here is that we don't – basically identify and and go on a slow mode or or in a mode where okay now i've identified i'll find the right opportunity to groom them do you think if you were to call each organization as an academy do you think we have perfected the art to understand given the individual's uh traits and dna we are able to customize their growth plan and or program so that eventually the person meets their own true potential and in that process big brings the best that they could potentially to the organization versus a, a blanket training program and or mentoring or coaching i think it's i would say in my case i, I think it's very very dynamic i don't think it's uh in any cases i don't think it's a linear uh uh development path. I don't think it's an exact science per se. I think in, in some cases it requires a, a little bit of luck in terms of being at the right place at the time, right time, ironically. But the, um, the evolution and maybe the resources and tools out there that you can prepare yourself with, if you put the time in, I think it can become more structured again. But I don't think it's, I, I can't tell you, do these do these 10 things, and I guarantee you'll be a CIO of a New York Stock Exchange company in, in five or 10 years, because I don't think it's that, uh, it's not that easy, and I don't think it, it's, it's that straightforward. So if you were to look at the, the questions that you expect uh, managers to be able to answer at any given time, uh, it is more of a how and when thing. So they are given a boundary or they create a boundary for them because of the role that they have, because they're accountable for final delivery. And they have to keep a close watch, whether they are at par with what is expected, then they are delivering on budget within time, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas leader is a totally got a different agenda and or directives that they have to be able to always think and bring new things to the table and also be able to answer what and why. This is a total different, I mean, to some extent, it almost looks like a right brain versus left brain training of leader versus manager. Is it really that easy for a person who is now initially being trained as part of being a manager to talk about what and uh, how and when, and then suddenly ask them or expect them to convert themselves to what and why thinking? Right. It's, it's definitely a, uh, 
requires a shift, and I agree with that, that the manager is always asking the how, when, because that's his role and responsibility. When is that project going to be done? When are we going to get that server uh, upgraded? When are we going to get the new network installed? And the leader is, uh, on the other side of the house, they're doing the what and why to really to confirm uh, business value. And I think one of the ways you can let the, we talked earlier a few seconds ago about how do you let the, identify the manager or let them grow or blossom. I think the leader needs to let the manager work the how and when, give them a little independence, give them a little opportunity to drive out that how and when, see how it's going, say, year over year. But in the same, in the same time, if the leader sees that maybe the how and when's not coming in, that the leader knows when to get in there and investigate it and see maybe the person needs another resource, maybe they need uh, some other support around getting in the right requirement, et cetera. But it, it is a little bit of a mixed bag, but I think um, the manager that's going to evolve someday into the leader as you mentor that person and you, re, you keep describing to them the different uh, drivers of the business and the value that we need to bring as a, an IT department, they're eventually going to get it. It's not going to happen overnight, most likely, but they can definitely get there with the right mentoring. So a uh, long time back, I read a book. Which, uh, the, the title of the book was, uh, You Don't Learn How to Ride a Bicycle at a Seminar. <laughs> so if, if that's the case, and that in fact is true, so similarly, you cannot expect someone who is at an operational level or a doer level to become a manager without giving them an opportunity. Similarly, a person who's working in their how and when world and uh, cannot become suddenly or cannot practice or experience the what and why till they are given an opportunity. And it, it becomes almost a catch-22 or a leap of faith that is required on behalf of the organization's executive management to say, okay, I'm going to try this person is going to make ex- mistakes and in some cases expensive mistakes. Is that what, the, what prevents us from being able to timely make a decision and bring the managers to the level that they're supposed to or give them the opportunities? Is that a challenge? Um, I think it would be a challenge if you approach it that way. I think what you'd have to do, it starts with that person. Every person's going to have a different skill and capability and eagerness to to take on a new role. And if you're going to say, this guy is a terrific manager, I want him to uh, be the team leader over this whole group of developers, over this whole group of uh, technical people, but it's not something that in their heart they really want to do. They don't have the DNA, maybe in some cases the people skills or the uh, real outgoing then even if the company wants to plug that person in to, to start asking the, the what and why and start going up the, the food chain a little bit, it's going to be very difficult. So what you do is you find the people that have a goal. It might be the, the guy that says, you know what, I'm going to go back and get my MBA or I'm going to go back and get my master's. That would be the first clue that this person is going to invest in the kind of the academic side uh, maybe a little bit more than, say, the seminar or whatever, but then you can work with them. And, you, and then if they want it, you can put them in a position where they can be successful with it and just be patient and let it kind of grow over time. 
Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Kevin, let's look at the fact that you just you should, you just mentioned that someone who is willing to do the MBA, etc. So a person could have intent. The person could have goals, and which might give us uh, the confidence that this person might be ready for the next level. But then you find out the person may not be demonstrating the capability. What then? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So the question here is, Kevin, that intent might exist. People may even show out of their uh, sheer drive, even take the time to plan. But then they bring that proposal to you that I will do X, Y, Z to to prove to you that I am uh, going to be worthy of being a leader. But you see some issues with the innate capability, the core DNA. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? Well, if it, I mean, if it's if it looks like it, you just can't get there. Then that, that's a good question. I'm not, you know. Then you have to find the situation where they can be successful. So maybe the scope of the position, maybe the role uh, doesn't appear like it's going to come together. It's not that straightforward. But you can also look at the, this is really a big part of it, is the mentoring and the patience you give people. If it's the right person, if you know their heart is in the right place and they're going to be dedicated, they're going to work, they're going to add value to the company, what you do is you find a way to get them successful. You try to break down the project where there's going to be deliverables or milestones where in some cases it might be they need a little bit of confidence. In some cases they may need to be able to open up and ask for help. Uh, in many cases, people, if they've started on the tech side or the development side, they've done all this work themselves. They've been in their office, heads down, doing these projects, and they've, all, they've had to rely on themselves. Sometimes if you, as you grow and expand, they've got to knock on somebody else's door and say, you know what, I'm struggling with this. How can we collaborate? How can we put our heads together? How can we get this thing to completion? Now, one is that you recognize um, that there, are, there is an issue, and then, of course, you come up with an intervention plan or do some mentoring and, and guide them. Another is when you would have managers or, or people who have a desire to grow come to you, but they express challenges. So I'm sure in your 
you know, career, you might have mentored and, and uh, grown multiple people from different levels to the next level. What is a typical set of um, challenges or, or handicap they face which prevents them or which makes them nervous and, and which, uh, where they're looking for help? I think, you know, and you know this as well as I do, I think one of them is in IT is getting the, um, the exact business requirement the first time. It's, it's very hard to get that definition to get all the details, all the requirements that, the, uh, that our users or our customers are looking for. So I think in, in many cases that person that's starting up their new uh, project in a new role, sometimes kind of defining that and even pushing back on the business or prototyping or documenting what they're hearing. And this is, you know, they've been, this has been going on for 30 years as far as IT requirements, but it's still the same today that they have to get that detail, get the right information to get started. You sure don't want to start something and, and, work on it for three months and it's not the right solution. So knowing when to make sure that you've got the, uh, the good starting point and verify the starting point with one of your peers or your manager or your, your, your CIO to make sure that we can be successful. And you want to stay positive with these people. You want to keep encouraging them because if they're trying many cases and if they've got, a, that, like you said, that DNA, they will be successful, but it, it takes time because it's not an easy job. So to what point do you keep holding that seat of that bicycle before they go, go on their own? What is the sign? Do they tell you, leave me alone, I can run by myself, or is it something that you have to keep looking And What is the way for you to diagnose that this person is ready to roll on their own? It's going to just jump out right in front of you. You're going to see them in your office. They're going to have a big smile on their face, or you're going to get a high five from one of the business guys that says, oh, we've got it. And even if it's taken a little bit longer, when you finally connect and give the tool to that business guy and he's happy and, and his team is happy, and then you go back to that person that's working on that project for you, it all kind of clicks. And it always seems really simple and easy at the end when you've accomplished that that goal of the requirement, the development, the delivery. But three months earlier, when you're on the whiteboard and you're trying to map this thing out and there's like a hundred different ways you could take it, it's very difficult. But then all of a sudden, it's like a light bulb goes on and it all comes together with that kind of customer service that they say, hey, you guys got it. We're really happy with this. Thank you. So what if the manager comes and says, hey, I have done enough uh, under your mentorship? And, of course, they may not use the same words, but they'll say that, okay, I, I have uh, experienced enough. I'm ready for the role, and you feel you're, the person is not yet. How do you deal with that? It's, it's just I think it's all a case-by-case basis. You, you kind of, you know, you would need a lot more detail around what the, the particular instance is. Maybe if it's something where they just need um, uh, a more visible role or, or more exposure, it's pretty easy to go and get them FaceTime with the different executives in the uh, corporation, give them some exposure, something they can build on. Once you start doing that, they're going to see that, hey, this is really easy and I can take on more, or they may stumble a little bit and then you, you go back to the drawing board, do a little mentoring with them. But I think you just keep 
working each individual person with their own kind of development plan and and see where, I'll, I'll keep saying this, but exposure, see where you can get them connected with different business leaders uh, across the organization. And when it starts to click, it'll become very obvious. So if it is that fluid, how do you keep their motivation high? Because, of course, you know, you're not telling them that when you, when you accomplish this, this, and this, then you'll be ready. And the person is working towards uh, getting that next. The carrot which is dangling in front of them is bigger, better opportunities. And, yes, their, their own uh, ego is at stake. So what do you do so that they remain focused? Because some people could lose the steam when they say, okay, I'm trying this, but then I'm still being cradled. I'm still being not offered that opportunity. And then the water cooler conversation starts. Mm-hmm. And people who otherwise had a good potential may pull back and say, this is not going to happen here. You just have to, they have to trust you. You have to build up that relationship. You have to get connected with your team. They have to trust you. They have to know that uh, you're behind them. You're supporting them. You're uh, behind the scenes without them knowing it. You're trying to make connections for them. You're trying to find opportunities for them. And eventually um, you start expressing that and they will see it. They will know that this guy's really trying. He's trying to get me in a situation, get me to that role, that position. Um, And we've done it over and over again as far as some of the great folks that I've worked with. We've been able to – it doesn't happen overnight, but when I see the the potential, we usually find a way to give them that uh, more responsibility, and it's really a rewarding thing for me, and it's a rewarding thing for that person. They get to go home that night and uh, talk to their family about their – their new responsibilities, and, and it's, it becomes very exciting. So it, it truly motivates me to, to take these situations where we can have uh, the team grow and evolve. Now, does it take a village to convert manager into a leader? Do you think you need other people at your level or people even below that person to eventually groom that person or provide that exposure and opportunity so that they meet their true potential? Or is it going to be primarily your responsibility and you will be spending your time as a leader who this person reports to, to make this happen? No, it's, it's, it's the collaboration. It takes everybody. It takes uh, communications in the lunchroom. It takes communications when you're, you're traveling and you, you get to the point where you have your, uh, your kind of evolving leaders where they're out there, they get more and more independence, and then they're connecting with, uh, you know, their peers and, and their customers, and it all kind of works together, and eventually uh, we accomplish our goals. Do you think in organizations it is that much of a structured effort that once you've identified candidates who may be managers today but you want to turn them into a leader, then that village assembles and they have equal level of motivation to take time out of their busy day and work on somebody else's uh, you know, growth and well-being? I, I think people inherently are very generous with their time, extremely, extremely uh, generous with their time, I think they will invest in their their coworkers. They will give suggestions. They will give support, and they will help that person. If that person's trying to uh, grow and develop into, we're, we're talking about you know becoming a leader. I think all organizations that I've seen is that people will 
uh, take the time and help their coworkers. Uh, and I think those relationships really come in handy because if they see a team of dedicated people that will do whatever it takes to get the job done, then they, they're happy to jump in and, and help those folks. So if you were to now talk about the influence and you are trying to have these people get influence, which they otherwise maybe had on their team. And now since you're offering them leadership opportunity and influence comes from them being able to build their credibility, them being, uh, you know, working to bring results to the other people who they don't truly who don't truly report to them. But it, like the way you do as a CIO. So you got influence on business counterpart because you worked with them, and that's a relationship aspect and not something which is coming as an entitled to you with this role. So the manager who's been given an opportunity and they are supposed to have that influence, but relationship is missing. So how do you you know, get to that point without having the foundation of relationship for you to show influence and without influence they cannot prove uh, on, on the projects that they're supposed to demonstrate their leadership qualities? I think as a leader, it, A, you have to tell them you need to go out there and get connected with the business. You need to go down there and set up a meeting and make sure that we've got this right. And then it kind of evolves from there. And it takes work uh, on that individual as well. They've got to put their time in. They have to be dedicated. And they have to be asking the questions, how can I – help this, uh, this user, or how can I get uh, this customer requirement uh, defined properly? So it's kind of a combination. I think it's the traditional uh, mentoring where you give more exposure, that exposure if that person really wants to make it happen and they have the personality that is, I'll, I'll say, outgoing enough and uh, they're a good people person along with their technical skills, it can evolve. Let's take a quick break, listeners, and come back. And when we uh, look at the manager's uh, day, uh, typical day, they are, of course, taking care of the how and when. In that process, they are supposed to check in on people's work. And that always would not be be making them very popular. And now as they are going to migrate to becoming a leader where they are a little more removed, they could perhaps uh, be seen as someone who's admired and respected. But since you've already given a bad taste and to some people that you were always about checking into their work, how do you make the same people start liking you as someone who is going to take the organization to the next level and does earn that badge of being a leader? How do you go about that transition? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. (music) 
You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So person as a manager checking in on other people's work could be some in some cases by a few people as the bad guy who's who's trying to micromanage even though they're not trying to and then you're trying to have them those people transform uh, these these managers into leaders and and they have to transform from bad guy to a good guy who is supposed to just have influence but not micromanaging or not trying to checking in on anyone how do you change mindset because a leader cannot be leader without the followers and followers should be liking them no, that makes sense. I think it starts with the tone at the top. I really like uh, harmony between the various teams. Think about it in an IT organization, how many different teams and roles you have out there, uh, different functions, but they all have to kind of coalesce. They all have to uh, work together. So you need to, you need to set that tone that we're going to partner with each other. We're going to be united. We're going to help each other. When you talk about it, if somebody's in a, a more detailed technical or manager role and they need to go and check on uh, somebody else's work, it's really the behavior of how they do that. Or if you, you define for the entire organization that, you know what, I may ask this person to go check on this particular task for me as, a, as, a, as some support for myself. So if you get the... Uh, the proper collaboration and that they're doing it to give me the feedback we need, or maybe I've got a user asking for some feedback and they're tightly or closely related on what they're working. I, I think they'll, they'll accept that. And it's like taking responsibility and the, the collaboration, like I said, the harmony uh, of working together. It's just, this is, we're going to work together. We're going to be one team and we're going to be united uh, for our business. So these managers, do you think they have learned the art of being able to not succumb to the pressure, which will always exist when they are taking care of the how and when, and able to maintain that harmonized uh, approach or, or be able to have harmony with all their team members, knowing that when it's time for them to become leaders, uh, they will be able to leverage that versus having to totally brainwash people to start making them think that, okay, now I'm a changed person. So good good people who are good candidates of becoming a leader already must be doing the right things as even as a manager, or they will inevitably will have to create this uh, bad guy to good guy uh, transformation. Yeah, I don't, I don't relate too much to the bad guy, good guy uh, too much. I think inherently... Uh, everybody comes to work and they want to be the good guy. They want to be the supportive person. Sometimes you have different situations uh, over the years where maybe there's a, a crisis or maybe there's some situation where we literally all need to work together. We all need to pull together for this objective or this whatever it is. Maybe we have to have you know, half of the department out on the road working on something. And you get kind of an energy around that. You get a situation where it's like, wow, 
thank you very much. That really helped in this situation. Or can you also help me with this? And it kind of feeds upon itself. I think the, uh, the working together, if everybody understands what our mission is, what our objectives are, that we, the number one thing is customer service, and we have to get this right, but we can't do it on our own. So they realize the reliance, and sometimes maybe you're helping somebody, and then tomorrow maybe that person's going to help you. So it sounds simple and maybe, you know, too basic, but I think it is that uh, simple and basic that you have to just let people grow and, and see the benefits of working together. When you are a manager, you have a team, and by design, you are not doing the job. You are delegating them and making sure that it is being managed to completion. When you become a leader, there are certain things that other people cannot do, and you do not always have the luxury of uh, offering that as a delegated task to others. And then also people say that it's kind of lonely at the top for you to bounce ideas. What do you do for this manager who is used to be able to delegate and now will not truly be lonely because you will be there to mentor, but still be able to make that transformation of them handling most of the things themselves? And, and uh, is, is that you would just call as, as evolution of an individual from a manager to a leader or there is some specific training required? I think the mentoring's in there. In some cases, you have to uh, be firm w- with these people that, and you have to assure them that yes, it's not easy. It, this is a this is a tough job. IT is a, a tough responsibility, and you just uh, maybe show a little bit of patience, and maybe you uh, also provide. You know, I try to really provide a lot of positive feedback, and and get connected and get the know your entire team, and I think eventually you can work through that. And what do you think they can do or you can do as a person who's mentoring these other leaders to get to know them uh, so that there is a liking developed? So people say that leaders get followers not because they have knowledge, but they also make a connection. And the fact that they are open and do not come with any preconceived notions. Managers, on the other hand, are being put in a management place because they are as a manager's place because they understand a place well. They understand the uh, the specific tactical details well. But a leader is a totally different animal where they are supposed to leave all that aside, be ready to unlearn. What is this going to take for people to totally make that 180 degree shift? From being, I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is manager's role thrives on knowing a lot of things and doing it in a certain way. And leaders is to unlearn most of the things and think about making new mistakes every day. So it's kind of going from the uh, kind of day-to-day to the how do you initiate some innovation? You need to put them in a position where they can start experimenting a little bit, taking some chances, um, you know, taking on more responsibility and then having some patience but keeping maybe a, a closer eye on the, the, the individual task. You know, you talk about a leader um, maybe at the, the higher level, but in my case, even as a leader, I still have to get into 
the day-to-day of, you know, in some cases, setting up a, a cell phone or setting up a, a PC. So I think you have to kind of scale from the, um, the lower-level task to the higher-level task. The entire team needs to see that, where, that your heart is in the right place, that your genuine concern is about getting this right, your genuine concern is around quality, I think these managers that are kind of developing their model, their uh, communication skills, and their collaboration skills, some of that will rub off with the proper training, with the proper exposure, and I see it every day, people growing and doing things that maybe they could not have done a year ago or five years ago or or ten years ago, and for me, that's the most rewarding part, that you can just give them a, a project and you're not doing the, uh, the task review, they come to you in a few months and they give you this great solution. So, again, every case is different, but it's, it's about collaboration, patience, and, and trusting your people. As long as you can see the effort, I'm okay with that. Now, we know that resources are scarce. And if you are trying to uh, get somebody as a manager to transform into a leader, you mentioned that you would like to have them experiment with things, which is more like sandboxing. And if you are trying to do that, that burns resources. So do you budget for it or you shave out something else to do it or you have corporate uh, blessing, if you will, to say, okay, this is the amount of money or resources you're going to use when you already have a spilling plate? No, you're exactly right. And inherently, most corporations, they they really can't build – too many things on spec. They can't experiment with a whole new uh, module or something, you know, unless there's a business requirement. So what you have to do is you have to project out that, you know what, I think there's going to be a requirement with this technology or this, uh, this uh, development uh, framework or this development tool. And if you can see where um, you can make a case that, you know what, we're not using this tool today, but I've got this requirement where I think this tool will be appropriate. Then you're investing in that kind of sandbox or that experimentation, but you're not going to blindly go and build something on spec if you don't project out in, you know, two or three years that, you know what, this is going to become our standard or this is where the, the industry is going. So it's, you have to be very selective and very precise and what you uh, go out there as, I'll call it, uh, test projects. One is a sprinter, which is a manager who's supposed to take a project and get it done within a given time. And they're supposed to replenish their fluids in the beginning. Another is a leader who's supposed to be a marathon runner, and they they should always at all times know uh, that before they become thirsty, they have to replenish themselves. But this is going to be a long-term thing. Do you think you can realistically train someone who is being traditionally trained to be a sprinter into a marathon runner? Um, I, I think eventually you, you, can, you can probably say certain things. You can recommend certain things. I think they're going to realize that there's going to be uh, different situations where they just can't keep up at that pace. And, and what it kind of goes back to the the situation we talked about earlier is that, you know what, I'm going to need to offload some of this to my coworkers or I'm going to need to partner uh, with this person. And I think the, the, the 
the daily stresses in, in life and work, eventually I think they're going to see that, you know what, it's okay. And you keep an eye on them and make sure that they're not going to burn themselves out. Uh, you have flexibility with their, their schedules. You need to be perceptive when they say, you know, why don't you, uh, why don't you take today off and kind of recharge your battery? And I think the, the leaders and the managers need to see the, the, uh, the teammates that maybe are getting a little burnt out, and you need to just slow them down and insist that they take it easy for a couple of days. What are some of the challenges that you felt as someone who is trying to build some of the managers into leaders? You know, the challenge would be as if you had to kind of stress the same uh, point more than more than a few times that you have to kind of repeat yourself, and I think the reality is you just have to be patient. I mean, people are human. Everybody has a lot on their plate. Everybody is extremely busy, and you have to be uh, you know patient with them. And you know, one mistake, a second mistake, but if they do it like a third time. You have to be very clear that you know what we we can't do it this way anymore, and you have to be firm. That's that's one of the, the big roles in leadership is that you have to say, uh, you know what, we're not going to make this mistake again or we're not going to have this kind of customer service escape again. And you have to be very serious about that. So if you're going to go out and try to identify X number of people, which is a, a set of people who you think could be uh, converted into a leader, but then do you do that always keeping in mind your org chart or you are trying to do it so that when you, when you get these people at that top, you will be able to give some of, those, some of those people opportunities or maybe find the best successor and everybody else has to wait. Because if they wait, then they are going to be frustrated because they work this hard not to only uh, find themselves waiting for the next real opportunity versus just being on the training boot camp. You have, to, you have to be kind of creative with it. You have to make sure there's usually enough requirements that you can sprinkle the infield and spread out the requirements to, to various people. And even if on the surface this doesn't look like it's the, the highest level uh, position just yet, you, have, you can be creative and you've got a lot of flexibility with how you can get certain people. I really like getting people exposure to uh, the right business leaders, where they can start uh, interacting with them, and then you start getting uh, feedback from them. Then I can it rolls up to me, and I can share with my team. And so that's the number one job. How do you motivate your folks to stay within the task at hand, but be able to provide opportunities as they come up? And they may not, especially if you don't have a lot of turnover in an organization where we have really uh, high retention. One of the challenges is that there's people are growing and developing at different rates, and there's not always positions available for them. So you have to kind of work within that structure. But incremental opportunities can, uh, can go a long way. Let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, uh, let's uh, look at the option where you have multiple people who look like worthy candidates are being invested in to become leaders. Who would you prioritize and work with first? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. The U. 
U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Kevin, you have a job to do as a leader yourself. And, of course, there could always be people who you could be mentoring and taking to the next level. And you uh, you must be fortunate, and most companies are in many cases if they hire well, is that they could have multiple candidates who could be worthy of uh, being invested in to turn them into leaders. But you still have limited bandwidth yourself. And same is the case with your business counterparts who want to pitch in. How do you prioritize? How do you take the first few and work with them based and, and compared to the others that you say, okay, those guys are kind of come in phase two? I think it's going to, you're going to prioritize based on what you see with their personality, what you see with their, uh, you know, success rate. Um, if you look at different uh, studies, you know, in some cases, and hopefully it doesn't get that far, but in some cases, a person maybe isn't going to be a natural leader. Maybe they don't have the right, um, you know, personality to maybe be outgoing enough to be that leader. So I think you just kind of work through uh, kind of a case-by-case basis as far as what their uh, capability is. I, when, we were, when you gave me the overview of this show, I went back and dug out my uh, Myers-Briggs from uh, 15 <laughs> years ago. And, uh, and I'm guessing you're an ENTJ, but, you know, 18 years ago when I was back with uh, BMO, it, it came out as an ENTJ. Uh, you, you are a natural leader. And 18 years ago, I was not a, an experienced or a high-level uh, leader. So in, I had something inherently in my, my personality that I was able to leverage. And you're going to run across people that maybe, if they don't have that same makeup, Uh, it's not going to happen. So where do you put them where they can be successful at any level in the organization? So we've seen a lot of times when the technology leaders or even business leaders in their respective departments join or or they they inherit a staff. And in many cases, they have done a couple of things, which is to bring some of the people they knew from the past who already were being invested in and they brought on board and discounting the fact that there is a lot of business knowledge and other loyalty and other factors which could go very well in favor of people who existed, but perhaps the investment looked like too big of a burden. Do you think that mindset 
makes the company lose in the long run because you can always bring fresh blood and there is nothing wrong with it. But there is also a lot of value in making sure we get the most out of people who may be diamonds in the rough. You know, part of that is is hiring the right people. You can kind of uh, spot the person that's going to be the right fit for your organization and and kind of a balance. And in some cases, you're hiring more people because of uh, growth and uh, additional requirements that are that really are going to supplement some of those other people you're describing as the ones with the uh, uh, the diamond in the rough or the uh, you know tribal knowledge. So I think you have to blend the two together. You have to totally respect the the people that have been doing this for you for uh, 10, 15, 20 years, and the the efforts there, the dedications there. And in some cases, you bring in some new blood that has uh, most likely it's a different maybe skill set or it's a uh, a different set of experiences that can kind of supplement the entire group. Would an IT leader who's trying to develop other leaders be better off focusing on nature versus nurture, which is if they can find good people, let's invest on those and you get a high ROI and you still get the job done? Um, I think it's mixed. I think it's mixed. I I really like to develop people from, uh, you know, I've got a number of examples where people have come up from working the help desk and now are very, very talented uh, DBAs and, and, and senior developers or people that have been in operations and really understand the company and now they're they're running the entire uh, technology group or people that have been more network people that are now, you know, chief technology officers. So what happens is they, given the right opportunity and uh, the evolution of it, they, they develop. And that's very, very rewarding because I think when the department can see that there's growth opportunities and they get rewarded for their efforts, I think it goes a long way. One final question. What is your advice for uh, the leaders who are trying to build other leaders and what mistakes that you've seen people do in that process and what is your recommendation so that they can get the best out of their investment? I think the, the biggest thing is that they have to understand that they're in the service business. The thing that, I, that really strikes me is that in IT, we're, our number one uh, objective is customer service. I have an example that I just saw a couple days ago. I turned the corner at Executive Row, and the chairman's admin was giving one of our network guys a, a very joyous uh, high five. And it was so rewarding that you have one of your users uh, connected with the network guy fixing something. And I saw just the timing of that. You know, I went over and gave her a high five. I mean, that was really rewarding. So my message would be focus on customer service. Make sure that the business folks are happy with you. Make sure that they know that you're dedicated, that you care, and if they need something, that you're going to get out of your chair and you're going to run down there and you're going to help them. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Kevin, for sharing your thoughts about how to turn managers into leaders. 
And uh, listeners, uh, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid.